We're gonna we're gonna pretend like I have more than just one other Panic at the Disco album in my iTunes because I'm such a super duper fan. You've been a long time fan of Panic at the Disco because we know like 2006, man, and, and we know that this podcast is gonna get listened to because this album is gonna be popular. Lots and of popular. There is a plenty of girls who were 15, not 10, 11 years ago, who are now 26, <laughs> yes. who are still vying at the chance of stroking one Brandon Urie cock mm-hmm. all over their. And just like how I, I would, and just like how I would drag my balls through a mile of broken glass just mm. to suck the dick of the last person who had sex with Anne Hathaway. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Anne Hathaway, you ever seen that Ella Enchanted movie? No. Oh my god, she looks so good in that. That was before she was like Anne Hathaway wasn't Oscar she like, Award yeah, wasn't nominee. She like really frumpy. She was like hot frumpy though. Hot frumpy. She was just like I just need a little bit of eyebrow eyebrow waxing done, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be hot. Yeah, before but she was she like was seventeen like, or something. Yeah, before she was like hot. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that other movie though? The Princess, uh, the Princess Diaries? Diaries. Yeah, before she was like in that movie, mm-hmm. like her eyebrow game was like all over the place. I know. Just like Zoe Deschanel back in the early two thousands. Right. Nobody yeah. knew how to cut back on the eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a later aughts thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe early teens. Just like how in the nineties, no one was hot because everyone had disgusting hair and shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. In the early two thousands, nobody was hot. Well, a lot of people were hot, <laughs> but a lot of people who could be hotter were not as hot. Because they had fucking caterpillars on their eyes. Too many eyebrows. Yeah, it's disgusting. So I saw Star Wars for the second time. And I realized that I know we talk a lot of shit about less attractive women in the 80s. But Carrie Fisher was definitely one that was attractive in the 80s. I'd say so. She has a weird mouth. But she had a a very different look than everybody else had in the 80s. Coked out. Which I think was why... Well, I think it helped her eyes get bigger. (laughs) Was because she was on so much cocaine yes. and bipolar lack thereof medicine. Yes. Or she was not on very many bipolar meds mm-hmm. at the time. No. Where now in episode seven, she's on a lot of bipolar meds. And her mouth doesn't move. And her mouth doesn't move. Mm-hmm. And eyes a little bit smaller. Um, <laughs> throat throat's very raspy from years of... Han, bring back our son. <laughs> <laughs> We're strategically not saying his name. It's just so that we can have that... That, that epic final moment. reveal at the end. You're not going to die, are you? Because I'm going to be really mad at you if you die. I'm just saying, there was a very prolonged hug between Leia and Rey at the end of that movie. Yes, what's up with that? And Chewie I'm just, just saying, and, and Chewie just my... like walked, and she, she walked right past Chewie. Chewie, you know, Wookiees don't have feelings? No, not really. Well, he did get pretty upset when Han died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, do you want me to say what my theories are for episode seven? Are you going to say that they're brother and sister? I'm going to say that Leia wasn't with just Han. <sighs> and. <laughs> oh, so they might be half brother and sister. Mm. Interesting. Because originally, um, me and my, uh, uh, me, me and Tiffany, our, my ex-girlfriend, like we theorized before the movie came out that Kylo Ren and Rey were twins. Ooh. And if you look at the movie poster... You see that you know the pose that Ray is doing with her little staff. It perf- it was perfectly like parallel to 
Kylo Ren's lightsaber. So I was like, hey, there's a connection there. Right. But they didn't reveal anything to his... To re- we don't want to make this a whole like, I know, Star Wars podcast. I, know. I don't think they're twins, or else they yeah, would have gotten a couple of actors, twins. actors that look to the same age. Yeah, you got to get somebody who's <laughs> butt-fugly like, like Adam Driver. <laughs> and one wouldn't have an English accent, True. and one have a... You know, East Long Island, and also accent. Han and Leia would know if they had a daughter. <laughs> they really would. That's why I'm thinking <laughs> Leia had Ray, mm. like she got pregnant with Ray. You know, right around the time that her they, and Han broke up, right. and Kylo went kind of kooky. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah, they could be half siblings. They could be half. It's probably with the old dude at the beginning that gets killed by Kylo Ren. <laughs> Sure. Because because he's a Jedi and he says like, "Oh, you are so a, old now." I don't think he's a Jedi. Oh, he's I think a he's Jedi. just like I think he's just like, "Hey, he's, I'm a he, he's I'm the, a dude." He's the Obi Wan that was sent to watch over Rey for all those years. Oh my! And that's why he had the map. Oh my! That's Luke gave him the map and said, oh. "Here, watch my niece." Oh, I don't think it's his daughter though. The, but that's what they're that's what they're heavily implying. I'm not going to be that's mad. That's why I'm going. That's why I'm going outside the box yeah i'm not going to be <laughs> mad if that's what if that's what ends up being the case but i'm going to be disappointed that it wasn't like something like that that'd be that'd be an incredible reveal like oh that's actually my half now I'll, be, I'll feel really sad if i was right <laughs> like damn it i gave it away so in 2016 <laughs> i know man two 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 years away from from star wars episode eight mm-hmm. and you've already ruined it for everyone and leia was like sorry i just got this draw to, to jedis i can't have luke because I did theorize I, to my I wife I did that try to jump his bones in episode four. I theorized that somewhere in there, there was a drunken night where Han, Luke, and Leia, oh, things happened, and damn. now they, they don't know who Ray's father is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That, that would make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars episode eight, rated R <laughs> for strong sexuality. Episode 6.5. <laughs> Yeah, son. Oh, okay. it, it must have happened on Endor during the celebration. Yep. Fuck. I know. That was back when Carrie Fisher was in all the drugs. A lot. Oh, of... she would have. Like, she would have been the instigator of that. Because, well, in real life, you know that Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher, they they did a little spit roasting. Oh, you know, you know, it had to show. happen. It had to happen. Oh, show. Somewhere between 76 and 84. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Star Wars podcast with Mike and Adam. This is episode. Something one seventy five. Yeah, that's what All it right. is. Woo. Moving right along. So with, tonight, uh, the, wherever we end, we we don't know. Who knows? Who cares? No, nope. no one listens to the show. Well, a lot of people listen to the show. I was going to say you keep telling me a lot of people do, so I want to believe that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I'm just not in a good mood. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I made you clean my garage before we recorded. No, 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 no. It's, okay, yeah, it has nothing to do with. I'm I'm happy to see you. I know. Thank yeah. you. It makes you. it makes my week when yeah. I whenever I get to see you. So whatever, it's okay. cool. Right. Stop talking about it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, today we're going to be reviewing a brand new album uh, from the Panic at the Disco. This is their fifth, fifth album. Uh, the uh, Death of a Bachelor came out on the 13th of this month. So we're going to do a track-by-track review of that for you guys a little bit later. Uh, but first, I suppose we should talk about our friends in the Melting Pod Network, which we didn't do last week. But That's right, because... Nobody Mike, puts out a show. Mike Mike was unhappy. Oh, hey, Rick put out a show last Rick week. Rick put out an episode. Go, Isn't that... go, Rick. Go, I had a good. For well, you, actually, Rick. I guess it came out after we recorded last week. I yes, think. that was an incredible episode because him and his friend, who they never introduced, so I don't know his name. <laughs> he um, was the one on the previous episode where they talked about the video games. Oh, well, then that was like two episodes ago. Yeah, the previous one was when he talked. That was with two his... episodes ago, two episodes ago, but three years ago. 
Because <laughs> the last one was with his older friend who lost a lot of weight and hasn't eaten a carb since like 2006. Ooh. And, you know, made everybody who eats carbs feel bad. Oh. Because he's better than us. Yeah, he is. It's okay. He probably okay. gets more pussy I'm a, than I'm us. A, I'm, a, I'm a disgusting human being anyway. I know, me too. Nobody wants but, to be with me. you know, he, he cool. looks better than us. And he's like <laughs> probably. 52. But this week they talked about shitty jobs that they've had. Yeah, something we can all relate to. And his friend talked about the times that he's been at shitty jobs where he tried to hit on the girls at the shitty jobs. Yeah. And they didn't go so well. Oh. So that was like hilarious. Rick told a story about getting beat up when he was a bouncer. Yeah. That was awesome. I know. That was a good story. Rick's that, a really good storyteller. Holy right? shit. I really, that's why like, I... That's why I get really upset that he doesn't release episodes on a timely basis. He saves the good stuff for once every quarter. Yeah. <laughs> our, 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 our tri-quarterly <laughs> episode that we get. Uh, you can also check out Generation Oddcast, who also released an episode yes. this past week. I think they've had two since the last time we mentioned them. Yeah. Yeah, but, you're right. Uh, so they, yeah. They've, they've, they've been releasing stuff here They're rocking there. it. Good, good for them. A uh, show that's on a hiatus for now is uh, Your Uncensored Reality with Magic Mike. I think he's waiting until uh, the Patriots lose. Oh. It, whether it be tomorrow versus the Broncos. Maybe he should wait until he becomes an entertaining podcaster. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I kid, I kid. He's very, very busy uh, suckling and masturbating to pictures of Tom Brady right now. Hmm. Just like everybody in Boston is. Since it's like, what, 14 degrees there and everybody's under keep snow. And today it was like really cold here and it, it, it only got up to like 64. Oh, it's Man. so cold. Mike's wearing a tank top I'm right now. a tank top. <laughs> And a wool cap. I know. Because, you know, my ears are cold, but my but my arms are warm. Right. <laughs> so, um, enjoy your Patriots magic, Mike. Yes. And uh, thank you for commenting on my Let's All Kill Aaron Rodgers thread. That was very uh, helpful from, for my ego. But what about But what about Olivia Munn? What is she going to do? Find another quarterback to suck a dick. Oh, like right. Brett Favre and his tiny, like he's, you he's can put like three Brett Favre's dicks, and I would probably make like one Aaron Rodgers dick. She could probably go with like with with probably a Carson Palmer or a Cam Newton, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Carson Palmer is about her age, I think. Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, you don't is. know what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> anyway, Carson Palmer is the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, who beat. Aaron Rodgers. So oh. I think that means Aaron Rodgers has so to give up his girlfriend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has to say, sorry, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn has to get passed around mm-hmm. like the harlot she is. Like the backstabbing. I know you hate her. Manipulate. Hate fuck. And the devil's advocates talked about her history uh, oh, really? this week. And um, yeah, they, they mentioned people like you. Oh. Who who don't like her anymore because she She's used to be a nerd. Backstabbing manipulator. Then, yeah. Who fucking used our... <laughs> our interests and our culture mm-hmm. as a means to just Pro- promote her own career. promote her own career right and as soon as she was done with us she insults us and she spat you out like she's scum you are yeah that happens to me a lot <laughs> oh oh, <laughs> oh the I devil's advocates have a couple of episodes i mean not the devil's <laughs> the dead bedouins have a couple of episodes left before they may or may not Record anymore? Jump off a cliff together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're they're under like seven feet of snow right now, too. That's true. In Washington. Dick. So they, you know what they should do? They should get together and huddle up for warmth and probably record it and put an episode out because we love, that's like, that's like one of my favorite shows. We do miss them. I, I listened to their last episode twice. Oh. I've never done that with any other podcast. So when you listened to it twice, did you find out who Ray's father was? 
No, I did not. Oh. I think it's Max Power. Is it? <laughs> there we go. Max Power <laughs> is a Jedi. He is Force sensitive. <laughs> I, I, it was an incredible episode. Now it's been like two weeks since I've listened to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, listening to it twice, I picked up on all the jokes that I missed the first time. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you listen to a podcast and, and your mind kind of wanders away. Sometimes. Because they jump around to many different topics, much like we have in the last just like we have seven to eight minutes, thirteen minutes, <laughs> thirteen minutes. Oh my god, time is flying. <laughs> we need to get to this review. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> See a lot of great shows on a melting pod. You go over to meltingpod.net dot uh, net, and also listen to us every Monday because we're the skinny with Mike and Adam, and we rule. Uh, mm, me not so much, but Adam. Mike rules. Mike doesn't rule. Girls drool. Mike doesn't rule. I think evidence is. I think history has shown no, that Mike doesn't. Rule. Mike's choices of people to be with have not ruled. Mm, they have. They just don't mesh up with. Anyway, on to the show. We have a short life. feed to get to before we get to our review. <laughs> uh, let's see. So some sad news. Uh, this is kind of a follow-up from from a news story we talked about, what, maybe six months ago? Something like that. When what? When Wayne Static died of Static X. Was that six only six months ago? He died of a... It's got to be somewhere in this article when he died. I thought it was okay. maybe a year ago. Um... <laughs> um, Thanks for reading the article ahead of time. Mike. I did read it. I just don't remember. <laughs> I'm when pretty he sure died. it said that she's been like super depressed for the last year. Yes, ever since her husband Wayne Static of the progressive metal uh, eraser top head band Static X that <clears throat> Adam saw back in, in 1999. March of 2015. Ah, so close to it. Yes, he uh, Wayne Static died of a what was what the autopsy came to. Uh, show as a drug overdose. Of course. And uh, he died in his bed next to his wife, Mm. unfortunately. So ever since then, that's the the right way to go, right? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I've my dream way of dying besides like the pervy, like, Oh, I'm going to die a snoo snoo by like a, a, by a bunch of like hot women. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I've always wanted to like to die in love in bed with, my significant other, right? Which would never, ha- which is never going to happen. <laughs> well, anyway. you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he was forty-eight when he died last year, and uh, just uh, like Scott wife- Weiland, just yeah. like Scott Weiland. Oh my god! Oh my god! Forty-eight uh, is the new twenty-seven, and sixty-nine is the new twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, Tara Way Static uh, is, is his wife's stage name, but uh, she's been re- she's been. Re- Reported, I guess, to be uh, going through a heavy depression since her husband died. I mean, like rightfully so. That yeah. sucks. It's, it's great for you to die that way, but the person sleeping next to you, it's not the great way for no. them to live out the rest of their days. Yeah, you should not <laughs> kill yourself. That goes for you, too, if you ever get abducted by a bunch of blonde women who want to have sex with you and then you die. You just ruin like 15 women's lives right there. And I'll bet you nine out of those 15 will commit suicide within a year. <laughs> <laughs> so do not wish that on yourself. I, I'll clear up my schedule now and make sure that doesn't happen. They can join you in the afterlife, maybe. Oh. <laughs> no. Anyway. It's not going to happen. Anyway, uh, so Tara Way Static uh, was found uh, dead. She killed herself this past week. Oh, apparent suicide. So, she was uh, 33. 33 years old. So she was long out of the porn slash nude modeling business. Yeah. Sure. And, and what I learned this past week was that she's... She, she she's done nude stuff. Hmm. Isn't it weird how 
when porn stars are in their 30s, they look like they're 75. Uh-huh. Isn't that sad? I know. Like when you watch mom and daughter porn. Yes. The moms never look good. No. They have incredible bodies, but they don't look Not good. all the time. Well, because it's all plastic usually yeah. by then. But yeah. their faces look like grandmas. Yeah, they do. So anyway. <laughs> Maybe it's the makeup. I feel bad because that's probably why Tara Way Static uh, killed herself was because she didn't have anything to live for anymore. That's the worst thing you've ever said. Well, be, And <laughs> where is she going to find somebody else who's who's that cool? I'm cool. That's true. She could have called you. You're almost 33. I'm not that cool. Okay. It's, it's all right. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> she would kill herself after, in bed with you. <laughs> after after it was made public that Tara Way uh, committed suicide, apparent suicide, uh, she uh, they uh, what's blabbermouth.net got with uh, Tara's one of her best friends, Ricky Martin, not not Ricky, Rick, <laughs> Rick Martin. Uh, <laughs> She bangs. She bangs in the head. She bangs. Oh. She banged her head. Uh, they had they had to catch up to Rick Martin, who was apparently living La Vida Loca, mm. and uh, <laughs> and she posted on her Facebook page. Uh, I spent all day yesterday with uh, Tara. We had lunch, hung out, and talked about life without Wayne. <laughs> she showed no indication that she was uh, going to take her life. Uh, she did talk about fighting depression for the past two years since Wayne had passed. I was shocked. When I got the call at 1 a.m. that she had passed, instead of hating, we should all be happy that Tara had made Wayne so happy. He really loved Tara and put in a track of evil disco and remember Wayne. Okay, so she's I assume it's a on. Wayne static song? It must be a song. Okay. Yeah, it's really hard for us friends of Wayne and Tara to read these comments. Keep disco evil in remembrance of Wayne. I love you both, <laughs> and I'll miss all the good times at the Dirt House. There's so Rick many Martin inside doesn't... inside comments there. No, this inside Rick jokes. Martin doesn't sound like a very good friend. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. That's that's a damn shame. That's that's. Ugh. We always hate to hear about people killing themselves. Yeah. Why can't you just die of natural causes like Wayne Static? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on. So, uh, hey, remember last, sometime last year when we were like. Hey guys, Alexis on Fire got back together. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, apparently and then Thursday got back together this past <laughs> week. But before we jump the gun, my on uh, my favorite band getting back mm-hmm. together after their 2012 hiatus. 2012 or 11? Okay, 11 was when they announced it. 2012, they officially okay. It was broke like up. January of 2012. Yeah, they right? did a farewell tour, which yeah. they didn't come to the West Coast. Of Thanks, course not, because they hate you. So uh, <laughs> apparently, over the past weekend. The members of Thursday reunited for the first time in five years. They haven't wow. seen each other in that long. And see, I've been talking about this band getting back together ever since we started the podcast in 2012. Yes. Yes. And I kept on yes. telling yes. Mike like it would be a two to three year until it happens again. So uh-huh. now that two to three years has passed and they're still not talking about getting back together. They got together for to say hi to each other. They got together for a birthday party. Mm. And it was Tom's birthday, who I believe is the lead guitarist. Okay. And uh, so when I saw the picture of all them together, none of them looked familiar, including <laughs> Jeff Rickley. <laughs> including Jeff Rickley. <laughs> I'm like, well, who are these people? <laughs> Jeff Rickley posted a picture of them getting together for a birthday party uh, on his Twitter, and people started exploding. Like, oh, are you guys getting back together? Get back together? So Jeff clarified on Twitter <laughs> with seven tweets through a number of tweets <laughs> uh, for everyone that is legit wondering why all the original members of Thursday are together this weekend. Ellipses. It's because we haven't seen each other since we broke up Stop. five years ago. Stop. 
Stop. <laughs> At one point, comma, I thought we'd never be together in one place again, dot, dot, dot. In parentheses, there was even one point when it seemed like we'd never speak to each other again. Ooh, and parentheses. phones don't exist. <laughs> we started Thursday in 1998 and lived and traveled and worked together for almost 15 years, nonstop. Stop. <laughs> then it was like a switch was flipped and we just stopped, we just stopped seeing each other at all. Partly because we agreed that No Devolucion was our perfect last, perfect last record, ending with Turnpike Divide and Stay True. Stay True, which is an amazing song, by the way. Very true. Uh, so Stay please true. understand that we are finally mending some fences and healing some old wounds. Thursday was our band. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not the fans' <laughs> band. It's our band. As well we as do the what band, we want to. As well as the band of all the people that helped put, it, put us up took care of us and uh, made us way bigger than that sense. So when I say this weekend is just a personal weekend for us, I want to say thank you for not reading too much into it too or late. expecting any big news. <laughs> way too late for that. But all the enthusiasm and love poured into our direction has been super sweet. As always, thanks for caring. And every time I've heard about a band like that's broken up and all of a sudden, you know, they're like, oh, we just started hanging out one day and... Literally within six months, it's like, okay, the band's back together. Oh, there's a new record. So, it comes out in September. Let's listen to this podcast at the end of the year yeah. and see if there's any news on this. Ooh. I'm just saying. Episode 175, the episode where Thursday got back together. I'm just saying, they keep on, they're, they're going to keep saying, like, it's not happening, it's not happening, but that's how you build the hype. That's how you, that's how you get that anticipation. Right. That's that anticipation bonus. Is by lying to your fans. <laughs> Continuously. <laughs> <laughs> And then they go. To, and then they go on. To, they go on a secret tour. I wonder why no one's there. Like, oh, mm. we thought we were going to play new songs. Like, oh, did everybody think from autumn to ashes was going to be here? <laughs> Darn. Hawthorne <laughs> Heights said this was a big place. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So not uh, so much uh, news news topics, but uh, yeah. So one super sad story and one story that gives us hope for the future. You still dun, know Mike dun, doesn't dun. have hope for the future. Anyway, Mike has hope for the future. No, I don't. There's so many other vaginas. No, I don't want them. I know. But someday you will. Probably not. You just want to see him on the internet? Might as well. Tear away static. <laughs> I still haven't seen her vagina. I've seen uh -huh. her boobs. Okay. Because I found out she did porn. That's what they unquote. said. But then I we looked her, her. Mike and I both looked her up because we're just that sick. Independently. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find anything on the red tubes. Yeah. Or the porn hubs. I can't go to porn hub because every time I do, I end up with a virus. That's one of the most reputable porn sites out there. I'm just saying, every time I do... Something comes up and it says, unplayable. You got to stop ejaculating into your computer. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. Damn it. And my phone, right? Let's take a break before <laughs> we go to our review and I'm going to show you how to do it properly. <laughs> On the plate. Please do. phone and it was just like your phone is infected it will self-destruct in five seconds holy shit so that's never happened turned to it me off all. and turned it on and everything was fine that's odd I that's know. never happened to me at all but speaking of Pornhub, brandon yuri brandon yuri the very handsome uh lead or the, the, the only member of he's the only one Panic left they got rid of spencer smith yes the drummer a drummer okay yes. yeah apparently he was not wanted anymore or, or he's not, not. I think he's a touring member. He's just not a creative member anymore. Oh, yeah. From what yeah I read. So, Panic at the Disco 
started in like 2006 or so with a fever you can't sweat out, and they had oh. that and they had that big old uh, hit single that got them straight from the bottom to the top and every, overnight. Every girl between 15 and 20 knew I that song. Chime in with a haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn door? No. It's a it's, lot it's, it's of words. Stupid. It's a it's, lot of words for. A I know course. he's just saying words from a sentence and putting them in a melody and not in, not, not making sense. And you know me, I, <laughs> I like my choruses to have more words. A la yes. "Find a Way" by a Skylight Drive. We will find a way. <laughs> but we will find. You know that a song. Way. That song has a hook. Yeah, and I kind of get it. And then when you mix it in with the craze of the eyeliner emos yes. and the, the Fallout Boys. Yes, yes. The, the, the theatricality theatrics. of it. And all of the people who were thinking that Fallout Boy was like edgy. No. When they think that, that they've sold out now, <laughs> as opposed to back in 2003 when they first became a band. Yes. And Pete Wentz was desperately calling labels and only negotiating the biggest record deal he could possibly find uh, that would get him the most airplay. Yes. Um, because that's what being in a band is all about. In 2003. Right. There was a whole different ballgame back then. All the time. And it worked for them. And then, Anybody who does it for artistic integrity is not doing it right. And then luckily, eight years went by and they made a good album. But <laughs> oh, Sorry, 12 years went by and they made a good album. But man, did I see a lot of negative American Beauty, American Psycho stuff out there saying, oh, yes. saying Fall Out Boy doesn't care about their fans anymore. <laughs> I don't think they ever did. Like they, Yes, they care about their 35-year-old fans now. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I like them. <laughs> but Panic at the Disco is one of those bands. My, Mike, you've listened to their first three albums. Yes, their first album is okay. okay. There are some legitimate good songs on there. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of weirdness on there, which I feel like that because like when they got together, they're like what sixteen, seventeen. They weren't they're even adults. little kids. They're kids, kids. Ugh. Yeah, it's and weird. and and uh, when they first became a band, like I feel like they're just throwing stuff together and hoping it sticked. Like, well, I thankfully wrote, it did stick. I wrote 15 pages in my notebook. I think we have an album. <laughs> it took an hour to write. I think it's going to take an hour to sing. It doesn't rhyme. That's That should work, right? That's fine. Okay. Kids don't like rhymes. Right. <laughs> anyway, the, the, so they hail from Las Vegas, and they had a very unique sound, to be fair. And, uh, you know, that was, they, they were a full band back then, four members, I believe. And then slowly, slowly uh, you know, People started leaving the band or being rotated out of the band mm. up until 2013 when it was just well, two members. You you listened to their second and third album. Their second and third album is garbage. We don't need to talk about it. Because I still haven't heard them yet. They're pretty bad. Yeah. They, okay. and, they, and both of them have their own unique sound, actually. They, they go in two different directions with these two albums, mm -hmm. Vices and Virtues and something else. I can't remember. No, wait, no. Not Vices and Virtues. That's a, that's a, isn't that a Silverstein album? No. Okay, never mind. It's not important. <laughs> anyway, I don't like Panic at the Disco's second and third album at all. Two thousand third, and they so they start taking so they take a break after the third album, and they come back. It's only two members. Uh, right. Brendan Yuri writes a lot of like, guitar and bass and stuff yeah, like that. He is quite the musician. He, I, I think I read that he knows like seven instruments. I think. Okay, so yeah, he doesn't Whatever. need a band. Yeah, he doesn't need a band. So uh, in two thousand thirteen, they release uh, Too Weird to Live to. Young rare. to die, too rare to die. Yeah, I know. Last week I said too gay to die, but <laughs> which made a lot more sense than rare. Uh, so, and that that became one of my favorite albums of 2013. That was their comeback album, right there. It was a fantastic record. Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson, Jackson, are you nasty? That one, right? I am nasty. I know. I saw I saw them perform on Conan Ooh. that that song, and I was like, "This is not your mama's fallout. <laughs> <laughs> your mama's Panic at the Disco. Yes, this isn't your big sisters, <laughs> right? Panic so, at the Disco." 
It was Mike's number three album of 2013. Tied, tied with number three with, with Census Fail, yeah. Um, yeah, so then I said, well, fuck, I guess I got to listen to this. And you ended and up I did. doing it. Yeah. And I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah. I would. It, it definitely wouldn't have been my number three album no. of the year, but it was definitely enjoyable. Enjoyable, judging that I hadn't heard anything except Sins and Tragedies yeah. from 2006. Mm-hmm. So now they're back. Uh, the drummer has left the band, leaving Brandon Yuri the only member, which is fine because he knows how to do drums. So right. Brandon Yuri has written this album all on his own. All on his own. He said that he pretty much wrote it in his in his house and yeah. recorded it. I don't know if he recorded it at all by himself or what. Most likely. But it said it was based on the life that him and his wife are living in this house over the last year. Interesting. And <laughs> I think that goes, that, 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 that means a lot. A lot of matching towels, I imagine. <laughs> As for the Frank Sinatra references, I guess we'll get to those in a minute. We shall get to those. So let's go ahead and get started with our review of Death of a Bachelor, Panic at the Disco's fifth album. And we're going to start off with, of course, their first song. This is uh, uh, Victorious, one of four singles that's been released so far. Pretty much everything's a single at this point. The first four tracks of this album are actually singles. Victorious. So this is a high-energy song that sets the tone for the rest of the album. It does. And my first thought was, okay, Save Rock and Roll by Fall Out Boy. This is very Fall Out boy Sounds very similar to Too Weird to Live. Hmm. So then Fall Out Boy releases one of my favorite albums. American Beauty. American Psycho. And then I hear Victorious, and I'm like... Sounds a little bit like American Beauty, American Psycho already. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to just pretend like they're not just copying each other back You're and forth. Trying to separate them. <laughs> yes. And by the by the twelfth listen now, okay. I, I think I've successfully done that. <laughs> I like this song a lot. Me too. Yeah, this is a great. It's a single. good opener. It's a great opener. It's a great single. It's a great standalone track too. I like it. I think the, the first few songs are, are party-themed, right? Yes, they're very much so. Uh, very, especially the second song, which we'll get to in a minute. Luckily, he doesn't need to rely on anybody else. Yeah, and it, it, and for being a solo record, I think he did a fantastic job with... Uh, you know, with, with, that's one of the great things about being a multi-talented musician. You can just... You don't need to collab if something doesn't work. You rearrange it on your own. Right. You don't need to worry about the other people's input. Though, as we've learned learned from the lead singer syndrome, yes, that is very difficult to do. Yes, and sometimes you do need that feedback right. from other band members, which is why people get into bands. Yes, because even Shane Told, who's working on his solo stuff, said yes. it's a lot different when you're the only one that's calling the shots. Yes, and you don't have five other guys to say that sucks or let's do it this way or yes. I got a better idea three you so, know I, 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 I'm always of the mind that like five creative minds are better than one creative right. mind you know but he must have reached some sort of creative difficulties with all of his band he members he is a musical genius <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he fan, I'm sure you know if you if you ever see or read any interview from Brandon Yuri, he's a very egotistical oh, yeah. cocky kind of guy there's a lot of narcissism that's yeah. already going it's on it's the in Vegas there. in him so at the same time, I'm trying to not pull that into it. That this yeah. is just like a "Hey, look at me, I'm so great" kind of album. Yeah. But I feel like track two. Yes, we will get to track two right now. So. Oh yes. L- closing thoughts on Victorious. I like. Song. I like Victorious. Victorious is a good one. It's, it, a good... It, it's got a similar chorus to Irresistible. 
A little bit. The opening track of American Beauty, American yeah, Psycho, but which again, is a good, good, the current single. It's a well-written song, too, and it's just a good standalone track. So uh, this is track two, uh, Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. Man, You'll this, notice... This really went, went backwards in time, didn't it? It's back to 1978. 78. Yeah. I, like, I like the female vocals coming in yeah. here. Oh, I, li- I like having a, an older gay guy in your <laughs> band right here. That was interesting that he brought him in. Yeah. So what I have to say about this song is that it's very strange and it kind of go. It's a weird but, left field. But familiar. Yes. <laughs> but familiar. Yes. You may have seen Peter Griffin singing this on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. No, this, this is the B-52s with the their B- 1978 hit, Rock Lobster, yes. which was sampled in, in track. Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. I, I learned how to play this bass line literally five minutes before you got here today. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's really Were easy. Were you going to do it for the show? No. Now, this song... This song threw me off the first time I listened to it. This song suffers from terrible, terrible lyrics. The lyrics on this whole... I underwear. Yeah. I could left on the shelf. I should probably introduce myself. No, it's got an incredible hook. The, the, the hook, the chorus but, is really good. Yes, but the lyrics are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the, the, the song is about like a the aftermath of like a drunken debauchery party. Yeah, th- those those things don't need to be turned into songs. Yeah. I'm not as think as you drunk I am. I lost a bet to a guy in a chiffon skirt. Yes, something but something. I really but I make these the, heels work. I make these high heels work. Yeah. Cooking gasoline and those things in between. I rode, I rode the city in a shopping cart. Yeah. Pa- two packs of candles <laughs> and I smoked them up. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. Like, oh, I wrote this in seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> he was drunk when he wrote this song, you can tell. Don't but that hook is really good, good time. Yeah, so all week long, I've gone back and forth on this song and I just. <laughs> Decided to say no. Okay. I don't like this song. This song does not get a pass from you. No. This song gets a pass from me. This I do... is like single number, what, six off this album? Well, for all I know, there's only four. It's the first four tracks. As I was reading reading everything that's been a single, it just sounded like all the songs have been singles so far. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them do sound like they could be singles. And this was probably hearkening back to the early Panic at the Disco songs, maybe? I don't know. Not really. They don't okay. really have like party songs back then. It's all just strange. Like, hey, I was walking through the church and I found out now. that the bride is a whore. Oh, Should yeah. I tell the <laughs> groom? No. And most things in between. I rode the city in a shopping cart. Let's go ahead and move on to another single. Uh, this is actually the uh, first song that uh, the band, or Panic Disco, released right. for this album. This is Hallelujah. It starts off very quiet for some starts reason. Very but quiet, it does kick in. And it comes in with like a very marching band. This came out like almost a year ago. Roughly, yeah. This is like maybe April? We shared this on the show, too. Not the song, but just the news of the song. Well, the news, that's, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brandon Urie featured on uh, the Marking Post. Marking Post? What, what's Dustin Kensrue's side project? Oh, the Modern Post. Modern Post. <laughs> <laughs> Songwriting credits go to uh, Dustin Kensrue. And Jesus. And Aaron Gillespie. <laughs> so this song took a long time to grow on me. This song It eventually okay. did. I didn't hear it at all until the album. Yeah. I chose that on purpose. Yes. 
Because, you know, when it's not one of my favorite bands, I'd rather wait mm-hmm. until I hear it in the context of the album. Yes. This song doesn't work on its own, but in the context of the record, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a well-composed song, at least. The, song, the, the, the composition's really good. Everything's written really well, and everything... Like the horns work really well in the background, and the, that was the only instrument he didn't play was the horns. Yeah, and and and, and even the even the uh, what do you call it? Fuck the the, the background vocals too. Oh, yeah. They're they're sprinkled apart and they don't they don't overbear the song. They don't overbear the chorus. Very so at true. least so it's it's well written at least. So it is not really yeah. It's not really much to say about yeah. uh, Hallelujah. So it's let's move on to another single, Emperor's New Clothes. And I have to say this right off the top. I really hate when bands put childhood rhymes in their songs. Like the Emperor's New Clothes? Oh, like Finders, Finders Keepers, Keepers Losers, Losers, Weepers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hate that. That's pretty gay. The Used did that with their last album. I can't remember. And with the... Lies for the Liars. And Lies for the Liars, yeah. <laughs> Must we ever forget. <laughs> liar, liar. <laughs> Pants on fire. Anyway. And I always wondered if they had to like pay royalties for that. <laughs> like, is that... Is that uh, Open, whatever it's called. <laughs> right. Op- open source. Open I don't like the song very much. The song is okay to me. I think the uh, production is really weak. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the song thinks it's bigger than it really is. Oh, yeah. See, now he's sick of the parties. Man. It's like, I've been living life to the craziness. Make Hallelujah. up your mind, Yuri. And now I don't like it. Now I'm angry. These guys are ready to party. These dogs are sucking each other's dicks right now. Jesus awesome. Christ. The dogs love you so much. <laughs> I know. Take us for a walk, Mike. Oh, God. But I I, I, I didn't mind this song as much. So it gets a pass from you? It gets a pass. Okay. This three is like out of four right now. This is scary. I know. So uh, what do you call it? Like First listen through? This is about where I'm like, mm, I'm not feeling this album very much. Probably, the, I'd say the weakest of the four singles, at least. Alright, so let's go to move to track five. This is the title track, Death of a Bachelor. So, Frank's not recalled. Yes. He wants his song back. <laughs> this is the first of a few songs that have like a jazz fusion uh, vibe to it. I was reading an old article from him when he was recording this album. He wanted to say, he said it was like Frank Sinatra with Beyonce backbeat. Played by Fall Out Boy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what this song is. It's like Beyonce did a Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, that's a good... And it reminds you that, yes, Brandon Urie does have a pretty incredible voice. He does. He's a great, he's a great singer. We can't take and that And this is him. a song that you can listen to with your grandma. We can. And she's like, oh, I like this Brandon Urie. <laughs> <laughs> I had panic at the disco back in my day, I but was it was a whole different story. <laughs> I was prescribed a lot of medication for that. <laughs> they gave me some cocaine, which was legal at the time. Champagne, <laughs> cocaine, and gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you like this song? Because I've never been a fan of Frank Sinatra's stuff, and I, I'm not a fan of this song. I think the song is kind of cool. I like the idea. The of idea. 
the idea of the song is really cool. This I is think like single number seven, right? It's probably going to be. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be. I, I think the, I think it's executed really well. Whether or not I like it, I've been going back and forth on whether or not I like it. I've gone back to not because I just don't like Frank Sinatra. But I'd but love to think of Frank Sinatra having like buried hidden like songs that I've never heard besides that are like this yeah where are very like angry and you know stuff like that uh huh like impossible year let where... me beat you my wife <laughs> like impossible year which we'll get get to yes it's a very track. dark song yes. that's sung in the Frank Sinatra-esque it's I've never heard baritone, anything yeah. I've never heard anything dark from Frank Sinatra but I'd love to think buried in his in, in his catalog is a bunch of like emo stuff I'll, like, I'll, fuck you all, I hate you so much. Get out of my fucking house. I will I wrote shoot this whole you. album on my own. <laughs> I will shoot you all if you're still here in three minutes. <laughs> I'm really drunk right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like the idea. And if, if you were to ask me today, I do like this song. I, I like this bridge, too. bridge is really nice. It's very hip-hop and R&B uh, motivated. You and your Justin Timberlake liking. Mm, this is very Justin Timberlake 2020 experience, by the way. Well, there you go. All right, so next track is Crazy, Equal Sign, Genius. I don't like this song. No. No. Let's kill it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, let's at least do a verse and a chorus here. All right, sure. <laughs> yeah, the sound... Again, the lyrics. Yeah. The, the, the... This is very swing. It's very swing, yeah. So it... This one reminds me of my day with Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I am an... I was an arsonist. <laughs> A rocket scientist. Just like Mike, Mike, what you want to be, Brian Wilson. That doesn't make any sense because no. Mike Love and Brian Wilson were in the same band. Yeah. But. Genius, and I'm fucking arsonist. I'm a goddamn Oh, rocket scientist. <laughs> so he's just making Beach Boys references and. Because that, that I like I like that whole like I'm an arsonist and I'm a rocket scientist. That's crazy and genius. And genius, yes. So he's both. But is he saying that Mike Love is the genius and Brian Wilson <laughs> was the crazy? Why not? Was he saying Dennis Wilson, who like conspired with Mar- with Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson? Yeah. Back in the day, was he the crazy one, but also the genius? I don't know. Ooh. I don't know much about the Beach Boys, and neither does this generation. <laughs> Anybody younger than me doesn't even know who Mike Love is. I had to Google him. Neither does Brandon Urie. He wrote this song in a drunken stupor. Love what you want to be, Brian. Yeah, this, this chorus Brian is really Wilson. weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not this only is, is the it, pre-chorus. I know, but like the the, the whole like <laughs> song and concept of the song is really weird. I had to Google Mike Love. That was sad. Crazy equals genius, I hope... and I'm fucking arsonist. Hey, I'm a rocket scientist. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, but I can imagine this song playing well live. Probably. Yeah. And all the all the teenage girls are. Who's Mike Love? <laughs> Who's Brian Wilson? <laughs> From Dayline NBC. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brian Williams. Brian Williams, right? Father of the incredibly hot daughter. What's his, what's his daughter's name? Daughter Wilson. Daughter, daughter Wilson. Daughter Phillips. No. What's her name? I forgot what her name is. Oh, God. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. Is it Ashley? No. Emily? I should know this. I've seen two seasons of Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Track seven is uh, L.A. Devotee. 
I like this song a lot. The song is again, it's single number eight. It's um, the track is a seven. It's single number seven. <laughs> oh, the chorus on this is one of my favorite choruses on this. It's song. a good chorus, definitely. Um, I know that I do like this song. Can't remember why. Oh. Even though I probably because the chorus is really there's, good. There's no reason to glamorize L.A. unless no. you're trying to pretend like you're living in the 40s <laughs> then it makes more sense yes and this whole album is kind of living in the 40s kind of I mean it's, this this whole album is like an homage to like old music styles and old artists just another LA devotee yeah I like this song yeah and the, and the verse is very simple too it's not it's not a big bombastic thing with horns in the background talking about him a fucking arsonist and <laughs> talking about <laughs> Beach Boys references it's just a simple song and it's I, I think Panic at the Disco works it's, is, is at it's best when it's you know keeping itself in that simplicity and just and just you know instead of layering things until it becomes overly convoluted so keep it simple, Panic at the Disco. Keep it simple, Panic. Wait, they're not a band. It's Brandon Urie. He's the only keep one. Keep it simple, Yuri. Now the next song is interesting. Do we have the anything next? more to say about this? You want to no. do another chorus here? L.A. Devotee is a pretty good song. <laughs> With a good chorus. This is Golden Days, track eight. I found a pile of Polaroids in the crates of a record shop. Oh, yeah. Sexy, sexy. Looking back. Oh, yeah. This always makes me think of when I would find pictures of my parents from the late 70s. Right. And I was just like, my parents did look very different. I wouldn't say it was debonair. Yeah. And my mom did not have Farrah Fawcett hair. Everybody did, though. <laughs> my dad looked like Tom Selleck and Ron Burgundy mixed together. Oh, he was nice. rocking it. In the summertime. Oh, oh. Um, so this song is about how... Um, you were pretty back in the day, and then you get ugly as you get older. Just like everybody but does. We don't know when that happens. Mm -hmm. When it turns, when the light begins to fade, and something, something turns to gray. Yes. This is my favorite song in this album, by the way. Favorite song? Favorite song. Whoa. Yeah. My favorites are still coming. Oh. But this song, again, symbolizes how great his voice is. Yeah. Especially on this chorus. The chorus is amazing. I still don't like the song, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can my. listen to it and be like, oh, my God, this dude has an incredible voice that I don't think I've ever noticed before. Right. But I just, I, I, I don't, I don't care for this song. I'm no Brandon Urie. This is yeah, a, this this is like is a first, familiar chorus. There's a lot of uh, attempts at a big bombastic chorus. In, in, in this album this is the first time it succeeded as big and bombastic he, he stole this chorus from you too I know how to dismantle an atomic bomb yes it's okay it's still it, it's, he doesn't <laughs> he's stolen a lot from it, this Bono album Bono does not right. does not have that kind of range no the way that he's yeah, presenting yeah, there yeah. wrong song Mike wrong album <laughs> <laughs> that's every Bono song though <laughs> Again, nice simple verse too. The, the verse isn't overly complicated. The guitar is just kind of just plucking away in the background. So you didn't get to like look at pictures of your parents from the seventies where they were debonair. I know. Back when your dad looked like Clark Kent. My dad had a big old Tom Selleck mustache back in the day. 
especially after he left the Navy. Hmm. I have a big old, I have a nice picture of him in short shorts, <laughs> L.A. Dodgers hat, half, big Tom. half button down shirt. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and a, and a Tom Selleck mustache at Disneyland. Socks or no socks? Super long tube socks. Oh, tube socks. Yeah. Usually it's no socks or long socks. <laughs> Sad. It's a long tube sock. Knee high. I'm sure socks. they were slip-ons. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing sneakers, I believe. Yeah. Oh man. I love this song. This is a great song. Sorry, you don't think so. Who played Superman back in the '80s? Who's the actor? Christopher Reeve. Yes, that's the what 70s. your dad looked like. Yes, my dad, like my dad in his prime, looked like Christopher Reeve, Superman. What is up with our dads looking like very, like strapping, strapping male leads back in the '80s? That's surprising. Does that mean we like, don't look? You like, and I are going to be like hideous when we're. We don't look like anybody famous now. No, I mean, no. You look like Tom. You look like Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, hideous Kevin Bacon. Fuck you, <laughs> Kevin Bacon is a handsome motherfucker. Mm. <sighs> Take your word for it. Too. That's true. He's a giant dick. So are we? Are we good Wild with things. Golden Days? <laughs> yes, we're good with Golden Days. <laughs> golden Days is also the big dick of this song, <laughs> of this album. Uh, so the good, the bad, and the dirty is track nine. See, I feel this chorus. This is like the most Fallout Boy. Maybe that's of, why I like it so much. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This is the most Fallout Boy of uh, this, of this album. Ah, oh, I missed it. I had this song stuck in my head earlier today. Oh, yeah? I was like, what is that that I'm singing? Because I do that often, yeah. where a song gets stuck in your head, and then you're like, what the fuck am I listening to? Oh, that's Panic at the Disco. Yes. I enjoyed it. Who would have thunk it? I really, like, this song grew on me a lot over the over the week. Yeah? Again, you know, simple verse right here. It just kind of just attacks you. See? No stupid lyrics. No references to people he doesn't know about. Well, good, the bad, and the dirty. Good, the bad, and the ugly from the 60s, 70s? Yeah. Okay. Little, little Clint Eastwood, old school, before he was talking to chairs. <laughs> <laughs> He's a perfectly sane man. <laughs> Just Very... like Sarah Palin proved to us this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's always been insane. Wow. Though. Wow. Oh, don't you know? I can't believe the things that she said. <laughs> she was just making up words after a while. You, you, you can understand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so what, you, what do you like about the song? Just just the chorus has that that awesome, like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, It has, like, the attitude, too, of, like, a something like a Fallout Boy would have. I guess so. Not that I want it to be a Fallout Boy, just carbon copy, but it's, I do it like it. Almost it almost is, almost. Maybe that's why I like it. But, yeah. But whatever. I like it. <laughs> All right. It's so one of my standout tracks for sure. It is a standout track. I do give you that. Uh, House of Memories. Second to last song. I'd say this is standout track number two. Oh. I like this song a lot. The end of the, this album ends really well. Again, a little Fallout Boy there. Yes. This, <laughs> this is like Fallout Boy and like, uh, like Imagine the, the, Dragons. The deep cuts on Fallout Boy that I really enjoy. Like the yeah. non-singles. Of course. Had that little like whoa 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 whoa. So whatever. I'm not I'm not saying that this is anywhere near what American Beauty was to me. Yeah. But I like the song a lot. <laughs> See when he tries when he stays simple and just writes really hooky, powerful choruses, yeah. it works. It does. Because I mean they've this is what his fifth attempt at no, sixth sixth fifth attempt at a record. 
and you know he's, he's had the experience and he's learned a lot throughout the years. In your house of memories. This is where he's breaking up with his wife. Probably. Probably. Because someday <laughs> she's going to like own her own house. That'll just have memories of him in it. Yeah. Whatever that means. From all the alimony money. Exactly. That That's what it is. But yeah, keep nice, it simple. simple. Nice, simple song. Again, I mean, Brandon Neary is a very talented guy. So when he keeps it simple, he does it right. Yeah. So good for him. So let's one, 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 one more course. Okay. Fantasies become your legacy. Oh. oh. Deep, deep cuts. All right. Keep so it simple. All right. Round moving on. The end of this review. Impossible with the Year. Final track Impossible Year by Frank Sinatra. The song does get pretty dark. It's pretty for dark. For a Frank Sinatra track. It is. And this is like the most baritone that uh, Brendan Yuri gets into. I know. Yeah, I know, Brendan. Yep, not even a month in. <laughs> I think he's talking about 2014. Oh. Because that was... I thought we could relate together. <laughs> that was the year after Too Weird to Live came out. Mm-hmm. And then he spent all of 2015 writing this album. Oh, that's true. That's my, my guess. <laughs> I actually did not think this was him singing when I first yeah, heard it. Yeah, I, I thought it was like a guest vocalist. I was like, why, who's this guest vocalist that he got? And then you realize it was him. I know. Great range he has. I all still right, don't care for this song, though. No, I, yeah, I feel like, just like with the final track of the last album, I thought it was a weak way to end the album. Ooh, I don't even remember what it was now. It was another piano-driven ballad that wasn't very good. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, so what did you think overall of Death of a Bachelor? I gotta say, Death of a Bachelor was exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah, it didn't blow me away. It didn't uh, go in a weird new direction or anything. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I gave a 6 out of 10 to the last one, Yeah. which I was a surprise. So I was kind of hoping for something a little bit better from this, mm-hmm. but it's still a 6 out of 11. 6 out of 11, okay. So, slightly worse. <laughs> slightly worse, but what are you going to do? <laughs> so I've decided uh, from here on out, I'm going to go on a two-point scale. Ooh. Because our show is on the internet, and the internet only works in extremes. Yes. My <laughs> new review scale is... Pass worst, or fail? <laughs> no, my no, my new review scale is worst album ever or best album ever. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have, like... <laughs> that's not going to make any sense. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. It's better than my grade scale that I've been given it. Well, especially if you look at it for every album of this year. This is the first album of the year. Yeah. So it would be either the best or worst of the year so far. So I'm going to say because I... In- I, I, I enjoyed listening to it, even though the, the album does have its faults. I'm giving this the best album ever. <laughs> <laughs> so where does that leave all your honorable mentions? Shut up, Adam. <laughs> They're my best albums ever. Okay, uh, okay. And then the remember, one... we're on the internet. You have to be. You have to. You have to. You have to go on that extreme scale. It's wow. either, everything's either the worst or the best. Okay. You're, you're okay. either Hitler or like fucking Megan Fox. I gotta ask, like, where that? How you came to this conclusion? 
Because the internet. <laughs> We're on the internet. It's all the internet's fault. We've been <laughs> on the internet for going on four years now. That's true. And this is your first time. Yeah. So we have to, we have to, we have to know like follow our audience. So yeah. They just best inc- album ever. Intrude and exclude. That's what yes. the internet is. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm going to be including. I'm giving this a best album ever. Wow. We need to like make a little stamp to to <laughs> bunk to put on there. Chunk, chunk. I think I still have the uh, toilet flush. Uh, <laughs> sound effect from back in the day when we did like two no, don't do not playlists. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, Panic at the Disco kind of the first uh, anticipated album for us of 2016. So we enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to make any of our lists. Yeah. Unless every album is going to be worst album ever. Is that, is that all we're going to have for the end of the year? Now is like the best album and the worst album and it's just going to be two separate episodes that's what it is yay <laughs> alright yeah this is already going to be in my honorable mentions I know that oh deep cuts <laughs> but you know Fallout hey, Boy this might be a mediocre year Fallout Boy started out an 8 out of 11 finished mm-hmm. a 10 out of 11 oh so you never know where these things can end on up on re-listen I, I, I do admit though I, I, I have enjoyed this on subsequent listens mm-hmm. I I'm mean, first time around I was like mm, not feeling that and then I had I had I had to listen to it a few times for it to sink in. So yeah, I mean Brandon did a good job. He appealed to his fans. I'm sure all of his fans will enjoy it. Yes. They can listen to it with their grandmas for a couple <laughs> of tracks and And I'm going to listen to Impossible Year over and over again because Fuck my life. Fuck 2015 for Mike. <laughs> right? Oh, great. I love 2015. That's true. 2015 you had a, was... Well, the second half of 2015 was amazing. You had, like, what? Two really good days of 2016. No, not even that. No? Oh, no. shit. I'll tell you about it later. Okay, never mind. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So, if you guys had a chance to listen to Death of a Bachelor or any of the Panic at the Disco, I mean, if you listen to their stuff in the past, let us know what your favorite album is from them, what your favorite song is, I Don't Care, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash skinny with Mike and Adam or on Reddit or Please whatever. Please on Reddit. Did yeah. We, did we find out? Oh, it was it was the used and and of mice and men. That's what got oh, us. Oh, of mice and men. The okay. ire. Yeah. Wow. The ire of, I, I don't know, because that person deleted their, deleted their username. So, so. We've, we've lasted longer than them now. Ha ha! <laughs> we have. Well, suck a dick. <laughs> and we'll be listening to a, the new of Mice of Men album when it comes out this year. I'm oh, sure. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's something I'm not. Into. Hey, I heard you are not alone at the fucking Ducks game back oh, in shit. November. That's You're right. not alone anymore. And I was like, why is this being played while I'm standing outside of the Honda Center? <laughs> so just to remind you, you're not alone. Exactly. So of Mice and Men is doing better than you are, unnamed viewer from 2014. <laughs> but thanks for being a fan of our show. <laughs> All right, man. So we're gonna round up the end of this episode. Going to our sound off. So I don't have much of a sound off. Um, DC released a cool special on CW this past week. Kevin Smith hosted it with Jeff Johns, who is like the CEO of like one of the lead writers of DC Comics. I like it. And they released some new footage of Batman v Superman. Oh. That was pretty cool. Now I've seen that trailer twice. Oh. And the I was Doomsday thinking one? whatever the new one Dawn of Justice. Yes. And remember when we were you were saying who you thought should play all the characters like 2 years ago yes. when they were when they released Ben Affleck was going to be the new Batman? Yes. Uh, and I jokingly said Jesse Eisenberg should be Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I got pretty close. You got pretty close. I and was I got, very close. And I got Alfred right. 
That's right. I got Alfred right. I, I kind of, if if you're a Batman fan, then I kind of, in a roundabout way, I got Batman right. My original Batman wanted to be Michael Fassbender, who plays nice. Magneto right now in, in the new X-Men movies. Uh, but uh, I, there's a character in Batman lore named Hush, who is a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne. And when he grows, he, when he grows up, he ends up being resentful of Bruce Wayne because, uh, you know, when Bruce Wayne's parents died, he got he got he inherited all of their fortune, and he wanted That's that for himself. Right. So he ended up killing his parents. <laughs> <laughs> he cut the brake lines of of of, the, of his parents' car. Mm. His mother ended up surviving and fucking tormenting him for the rest of his life. Well, so he resents Bruce for that. That makes sense. So he grows up to be a surgeon, just like his father. And he he one day he goes crazy and he and he 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 hurts a bunch of people who have similar features to Bruce Wayne. So he cuts off those pieces of their face and makes a face of Bruce Wayne to himself. I wanted that person to be Ben Affleck. Ooh. So in a roundabout way, I kind of got Batman right. I like it. I yeah. like it. That's a scary, scary story to hear. Anyway, <laughs> they showed off Wonder Woman footage for the very first time. Mm. That was pretty cool. She's they very, very hot. About, oh, they, they showed uh, concept art of the new Flash movie, concept art of the new Cyborg movie. They said the Green Lanterns exist in this universe. So whatever. And they showed the new trailer for Suicide Squad. And that's one of the best movie trailers I've ever seen. You need to stop watching trailers because they're ruining the movie for you. Best trailer ever. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like now I can't go see the new Captain America movie because I've seen the trailer once. I can't go see the new World of Warcraft movie because I saw the trailer. I like to be surprised. Oh, I've, you, I've you, missed... like, you like to go to a movie theater blind and say, I don't know, that one. Basically like I did with Star Wars. <laughs> yes. I saw oh, the... I heard about a Star War. A Shall, War I'll go see stars? the new Star War. Right. And so I had seen the footage that they put on TV of like, oh, he has a lightsaber that looks like a sword. This is blasphemy. Black <laughs> Jedi. No. Stormtrooper. Whatever. Ben Solo, son of Han Solo, who kills his father, Han Solo. <laughs> 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 Anyway, you should have seen the movie by now. What anyway. was I, that scene on that bridge? Yes, it's pretty awesome in 3D. If you oh. don't get a chance to see it in 3D, oh, like the rest of the 3D is is fair garbage. But that scene by itself, the way that they shot it, is definitely made for 3D. Oh, it's not garbage. But... You mean 3D is garbage? No, it's it's garbage. But it was fun. The last movie you I saw in the... 3D was Up. Right in 2000, fucking one. <laughs> the the one scene when the house <laughs> when the house goes up for the first time the balloon scene for the very first time where that's else an would amazing it go Mike? scene where in, else would it go i don't know down, down no it's named up inside anyway. out and then all the old people die and everybody cries yeah why would you want to watch that in 3d i don't know Ooh, 3d death just like real life oh next <laughs> <laughs> but that scene was pretty awesome in 3d okay i'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that uh, and when and, when the and old the, man died, when Han Solo, when everyone's <laughs> favorite character Han Solo was killed by his son <laughs> Ben Solo, Ben Solo, Benjamin Solo, <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Burnley Solo. <laughs> I was gonna say that's why he's so angsty. <laughs> <laughs> he only listens to Breaking Benjamin albums. Now we know why. So what did you read? Oh, sorry. Day, man? <laughs> so. I am getting us ready for self-help. Ooh. March 19th, Mike and I will be joining a bunch of teenage boys and girls hey, at the... Hey. Still no email from the press. About I that. hope it gets here soon. Oh, God. But anyway. we'll be joining them and rocking out with our 
crock out? Oh. Because we'll be seeing one <laughs> band of which Mike will someday leave this podcast and join. Mm. They are called One O'Crock. One O'Crock. Spelled out as in One, one OK, okay rock. rock. But <laughs> the reason they are called One O'Crock is because they named their band after the time that they rehearsed. Oh my the only God. time that they could rent rehearsal space when they first started oh my was at God. 1 o'clock in was the morning. One o'clock? One o'clock in the morning somewhere in Japan. This band is from Japan. They speak Japanese and they are pretty, pretty Asian boys like Mike. Yes, they're very Asian boy band. And when they found out that there was no L in the uh, Japanese language, they said, oh, it's one o'clock. Because they wanted to call it one o'clock, but <sighs> it's Japanese. It didn't work. So it's one o'clock. This band has been blowing the fuck up since 2008 in which Japan. Which is weird because I've never heard of them. None of us have ever heard of them. We've heard of Crossfaith, yes. which must be, must be even bigger in Japan. They must be. But this band was like selling out fucking Tokohama Stadium yeah. in Japan like in 2013. Holy shit. And have like six albums prior to their 2014 release. Their U.S. release. Their first U.S. release when they signed to Warner Brothers Records yeah. along with the Goo Goo Dolls. Yes. And, and toured with bands such as All Time Low Sleeping and with Yellow Card and Finch. They toured Finch? with Finch. And Sleeping with Sirens. So they decided to make this album kind of half Japanese, half English? Yes. It's called... Vocal-wise. 35XXXV, which I don't know if they're going with 3535 or what the fuck. Yeah, I think it's just 35. 35. And then they just stylized it with the Roman numeral. So knowing absolutely zero about this band and knowing that it's their seventh album and knowing that they've been super famous <laughs> in Japan, I went into this completely blind and and I and I kind of enjoyed this album. Oh. There's some oh. there's some pretty good songs on this album, don't you there's think? There's also some garbage songs on this album. Well, there's one in particular featuring one Kellen oh. Quinn who we don't talk about anymore. <laughs> We've given up his name on this podcast. Yeah, the but Skinny's worst album of From paper plates to hand grenades. Oh, I'm gonna rat God. you out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty bad that's, song. That's a, oh, but there's some pretty good songs there's on some there. Good I, stuff. Their I singles don't, are really good. I don't like their ballads. They're pretty poor ballads. Yeah, they're I felt. pretty standard issue. So there's th- cookie cutter. There, there's twelve songs on here because the first track is an intro track. Yes. Um. So I gave it a seven out of twelve. Huh. But I really enjoyed those seven songs, especially that's interesting. It's kind of towards the end. There's the, the I too gave this a best album ever. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah this this was, that was I really enjoyed it and 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 uh if you buy the special edition of it it's all in English uh, So what like edition said, do we have? It's not all in English. They throw in there's some Japanese verses thrown yeah. in. Yeah. So if you get the special cool. edition for it which is re-released by Warner Brothers then there all the Japanese parts are sung in English. But I do like having some Japanese parts thrown in, especially to remind ourselves <laughs> the ballads are so gay. Pretty sure that's not Japanese. So I, I enjoyed that. I thought it, it worked out sure. well. Don't throw in a, an L in there because no. L doesn't exist in the Japanese language. Makara. Makara, makara. <laughs> Something like that. So I look forward to seeing this band at Self Help. They're, they're, they're probably going to have like a. They're, they're, they're going to be like the novelty band there, and they're probably going to have a huge crowd. I 
think that there's the Asian population of self-help is going to be pretty big. All eight of us. Well, because you got to remember, everybody grows up in Japan and then comes over here and goes to, to San UC, Bernardino, California. No, to UC Riverside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're all <laughs> one o'clock fans. That's, all of them. You see them all the time with their you know 35 shirts. <laughs> Everybody's been talking about how UCR has tons of Asians. I'd never really been on that campus until I took a walk around there. A couple of weeks ago, because I had a training in downtown Riverside, yeah, and there's a fuckload of Asians that go to UCR. There is a lot of Asians oh my god, that go to UCR. So that's why the U- that's why the University Plaza is like all Asian food and I bobas. Yes, I guess, and pho. And no, not anymore. Oh, okay, sorry. That's that Vietnamese. pho place is gone. So there's pho around. Is I'm what sure I'm you can. I'm sure you can look in the other direction and find pho. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. I look forward to seeing that band, and I yeah. hope that maybe we can meet them and learn some Japanese. Yeah, why not? They also know they also know English. That's true. <laughs> that, that's like, and they have probably a better record contract than any of the other bands. Oh that are yeah, there. definitely. They definitely. they're on Warner Brothers Records, and they're, and they're probably like, like the smallest. Stage. And, and they're 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 opening the show. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they don't have as good of a, a record deal. Why as, you don't give us good contract? <laughs> a day to remember as the shittiest contract ever. They do. And Warner Brothers is why like, you pay us twenty dollar. <laughs> Oh we've been banned. <laughs> we've been banned in Tokyo. <laughs> you don't understand. We banned the Warner Brothers. We tour with Goo Goo Dolls next year. Fuck you, a day to remember. <laughs> Have you reviewed anything else this week? Um, I listened to the rest of Twenty Five. Oh, by Adele. The rest of Twenty Five. The rest of Twenty Five, which is hello, a very good song. Hello, yes. I know I already mentioned it last week. Hello is like I think that probably would have been in my top hello twenty. From the other side. I think. I didn't listen to that song as much as I listened to all my other 85 songs. Yes. It would have been somewhere at least in the top 30, if not it's top 20. It's a great 20. song. It's I don't know song. if it would have made it to the top 12, but I like that song a lot. That's a good song. And then, send my love to your new lover, oh. make the better. That, that's a good song. Because she's not bitter anymore. I know. Good for her. And I liked I Miss You, which is, again, also a breakup song. Yes. And... I don't like the fact that she's 25 and she's talking about, man, I'm so old now and I was so young then <laughs> and I was so full of life back then and now I'm so wise and old. It's her weak, it's her weak knees. <laughs> so when we were young, like I went back and forth heavily on that song, ended up not giving it a pass. Water Under the Bridge. It's mm, pretty fa- fa- I like that song. Pretty fascinating song a lot. And I like... River Lee. River Lee is a very beautiful song. Like, why not have a song couple really of well. water references in an Adele <laughs> album, right? We need it more is her water. third album. She does need water references. <laughs> I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very buoyant, though. <laughs> and then I go, again, a million years ago, it's like, man, we were so young back then. Oh, I know. Remember two years ago? <laughs> and then Mike was nice enough to uh, post... post a live rendition of All I Ask, which is my oh, favorite my song goodness. off of this album. Not, not my favorite. I think Hello and probably Water Under the Bridge. Never mind that All I Ask is completely relatable to my life right now. I know. And I told you, you're not allowed to listen to Adele for Sorry. at least a month. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, and Sweet Devotion is kind of an okay song, but I yes. can't remember now. So, I I gave this album a 7 <gasps> out of 11. Oh. Did you give it a best album ever? I did give it a best album ever. Sweet. Yeah. This is the, it was on my honorable mentions. It was on your honorable mentions. Yeah. So I, I, I meant to go back and listen to your review from our honorable mentions mm-hmm. ahead of time so I would know exactly what you said yes. back then. 
but I, I, I didn't get a chance. Yeah, to do I mean, my my main my main issues with it is that it, even though she's trying new things in other places, it at the end of the day, it sounds exactly like an Adele album. You know, it's, it does. It's, yeah, which but is I which is fine. Like the the water. She's songs. made like twenty five million dollars <laughs> off of this album already. I think the water songs and "Send My Love to Your New Lover" are yeah. the most like outside the box Adele songs. Yes, and which is great, which is which tells me that she's willing to try new things and explore uh, her songwriting mm-hmm. a lot better. And she's and I feel like she went into this album more so than Twenty One and Nineteen as a songwriter and not a vocalist, which so is important. I'm. They've already announced the Grammys for this year was and Adele's going to win everything. Did, did she get nominated for Grammys? I believe she already won like best metal album, <laughs> uh, best hip hop performance, but not good for her, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know if, cause this album came out last year. So I don't know if they throw in, um, it probably came out right in, uh, the nomination period. Yeah. I'm thinking that she'll be, this album will be represented next year at the Grammys, It'd probably be, heavily- which is sad because I feel like, Hello is such a great song. It it's is going to win like all the Grammys, and you I feel know she's going to perform that live though at the Grammys. Hopefully, she'll be on to a new song by then, because <laughs> it'll be a year from now. Well, we're still we're still hearing like rumor has it and things like that on the radio. I'm I, like I said, send send your love. I'm I'm hearing that on Pandora now. Oh, nice. That's the new hit single. Oh, cool. From Adele. I'm still hearing uh, rumor has it on the radio at work. Which is Your why work I, needs to upgrade. I know. It's not 2011 They, they, do, they do play anymore. new songs, but like, <laughs> I still hear Rumor has it. Rumor. And Skyfall. That's not a... That's not a <laughs> Watching the Skyfall. Skyfall. <laughs> and in the face of the death of a bachelor. <laughs> so that is the only two albums I had. And next week Ooh. I will be bringing you... Actually... You're not going to be reviewing anything next week because we're not going to have a show next Ooh, week. Ooh, Mike's going to be out of Mike's town. Mike's actually going to be needing some much-needed R&R, and Up I'm going to be going... In the great white north. Going to uh, Canada's Taint. I'm mm. going to be visiting two of my best friends in uh, Montana. Right. And um, Which is too far away from Rick to visit because yeah. you're, you're, you're hovering over, uh, what is it, Alberta? Alberta. Or is yeah. it Saskatchewan? Or is it Manitoba? All of the yes. All of the yes. Or is it Newfoundland? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of them. I don't know if I'm going to be going to Canada uh, next week. But uh, yeah, I'm going to um, I'm going to go visit uh, my friends. Just remember, they won't let you in if you don't have a passport. Oh. And they're going to treat you like shit at the border. Cool. Like, why are you coming here? We don't want you. And like, just... I just want to come give you guys a lot of money that I don't have because everything costs more here. <laughs> so why should we let you in? You have to pass a test. So just don't do laundry there either because, you know. They're not going to exchange my quarters for loonies. And most of their laundromats will be broken down. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think I'll be good on laundry because I'm going to be staying with our, our friends. So, yeah, so no show next week. It's going to be cold. Uh, 44-ish. It's not going to be that cold. That's fucking cold, dude. That's pretty cold. But not you got to like... remember here it starts out at 40 in the morning, but and then it, it gets up to 60 in yes. the afternoon. And then you're asleep when it gets down to 40. The, it said the low is going to be like 30, mm. so it's not going to be that cold. You're going to be hovering around a space heater. That's fine. Like, I love you guys so much. We should probably get naked to <laughs> to help our body heat. <laughs> probably, right? I'm just saying, Laura yeah, better so not I, get pregnant. I, I need to. I need to. Uh, this is. It's actually like a, uh, an invitation that's been like a year coming because mm-hmm. like Joe invited me up there when he found about found out about my divorce, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I'll I'll spend my. I'll, I'll I'll save up my uh, tax return money right. to get to end. And then your wife was like, I'm going to be taking that. That's all mine. So hopefully she won't take your tax return this year. No, she already did her taxes, so <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all set to do mine now. So. Okay. 
So you'll be getting your shekels. I'll get. I'll be getting my pennies, <laughs> my nickels. So yeah. Yes. So now I'm going to Montana for for the week. So I will not be recording unless Adam wants to record on his own. Nah. Cool. I'll take a week <laughs> off. I'm going to be listening to Tonight Alive and uh, the other band that we're listening to, Moose Blood. Oh yeah, Moose Blood. So I really enjoy that album. Bring bring home some Moose Blood from Montana. Okay, Moose Blood sausage. Thank you. All right. And sweet. we'll review Moose, Moose Blood and drink Moose Blood Ooh. while we review the album. <laughs> probably, good, man. It's probably going to be the best album of the year, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, so we don't have plans for what we're going to do for next show, but uh, if we're going to review something, highly unlikely. I don't think anything's unlikely. coming out. But, well, uh, the 1975 album, I'm not sure what part of February that comes out. Oh, that's right. Ooh, we might have that by then. But by next recording date, we'll I be... I should ask the label. It's going to be Super Bowl weekend. Oh. So, we'll so we should do something football-related? Sure. Okay. We haven't well, done a sports we'll, thing in a while. Well, we'll be making our predictions. Okay, great. I mean, you always said Tom Brady wins all. So Yeah, Tom Brady always wins. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, your Olivia, Falcons didn't make it. Also, Olivia Munn's going to run to the... It doesn't matter who's playing. Olivia Munn's going to run to the 50-yard line and just spread eagle. Mm. And be like... And suck a lot of dicks. Yeah. First down. I want her to Point suck to her the, the fattest guy on the Patriots. Oh. I think his name is... Vincent Wilfork. <laughs> He's about 380 pounds. <laughs> Why? Because he can't put the fork down? He has yes. no willpower to he put has the fork no down? no willpower over the fork. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know what your thoughts were in the comments or whatever. I am your co-host, Mike. This is my co-host, Adam. Hi. We are the Skinny with Mike and Adam. And uh, see you Monday morning because I'm not getting some. Death of a bachelor, Mike. Oh, that means I should die soon. Good night, everybody. Can't stop shaking, lean back, let it move right through ya. And say your prayers, say your prayers, say your prayers.